This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. I am very excited to announce that for a very limited time, I will be offering one hour free consultation calls if you have been interested in booking therapy with me or seeing what one-on-one private therapy might look like with me. It is available to you right now for a very limited time. Please go to our website, www.compassionandcaregiving.com and click on book a free consultation call to book your one hour session. These are going really quickly and I really want everybody to take advantage of this opportunity so that you can get to know more about what I do and we can see if we are a good fit. I only have two private therapy spots left, so feel free to book as soon as possible and I'm really looking forward to speaking to all of you. Hello and welcome to Caregiver's Compass. I'm your host, Stephanie Muscat, social worker and psychotherapist. Please note that this podcast is not the act of psychotherapy. So today I wanted to talk about belief and hope during very difficult, very low times in our lives. And I'm going to be pulling from personal experiences that I've had in my life where I have felt extremely low and hopeless and what has helped me get through, but also what can help you get through these difficult times. It's no secret that life can throw us curveballs and very, very difficult situations. And when these situations really hit our heart, or when they are extended for extremely long periods of time, it can often feel as if things will never get better. We lose hope, we lose determination, and we feel weak. We can often feel that we've just lost our strength, and we don't think that we can go on. And it is very common to feel this way, especially when things are never-ending. One way that I can really illustrate this and something I saw in a very large group is when I was in the hospital during COVID. So I was on maternity leave at the beginning for the first two waves that we had here in Ontario. And I actually returned at kind of the end of the second wave. So I missed those first two really stressful, crazy, nonstop, chaotic periods of time that a lot of my colleagues had gone through. They were seeing the most horrible sides of the pandemic, feeling very short-staffed, being asked to work extremely long hours to no end, and everybody was so burnt out. But not just that, it felt like It was never ending. I think during the first wave, a lot of people felt, okay, this is it. We're going into a pandemic. This is our duty. We're going to get through this. We're going to come out on this other side of this wave, and that will be it. And I think when the second wave hit, people got a little bit defeated and were already so tired 
and thought, okay, how many more waves are we going to have? How are we going to get through this? Is it ever going to end? So I returned, as I said, at the end of the second wave. And I was there for the third wave, which was our worst wave so far. Oh my gosh, knock on wood that things are just going to continue to improve from here. But I saw as a collective group of medical and healthcare professionals how deeply burnt out and exhausted everybody was and how people felt like things just were not going to get better in terms of the climate of their job. And, you know, they were being asked and we were being asked to forfeit vacations, be transferred to COVID units because we didn't have enough staff and being asked to do things kind of like a war where we were being called to duty, but it was ongoing and much like a war, which can last for many years. This felt like we were really in the trenches of this battle with a virus. And so I saw how really low my colleagues were that typically were on top of the world, so positive, you know, so just doing their daily job with a smile. And when I got there on top of everything at work, you know, most of my colleagues have little children or family members they take care of, and they were just done. They couldn't handle it anymore. And there was very little hope and very little drive and motivation because they didn't know if it would ever end. So that's an example of something I saw in the masses. And just to show how common it is but not just if you're in a unique, quote-unquote, unique situation where you feel that you are weak. You're not, just a side note. But oftentimes if we experience things in silos as an individual, we can feel like there's something wrong with us or there's something wrong with our life and that other people are not experiencing what we're experiencing. Or if they are, they're a stronger person to go through it or they have better people around them or they had a better upbringing and therefore they can handle it better than we can. You know, some of that might be true in respect of when we are raised, we do get some strength and coping techniques from those around us and how we are taught to manage different things. I am an emotionally focused therapy trained therapist. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry. Most people don't. But a lot of that really goes through how we are taught to learn how to grapple with different experiences and have different strengths and different strong points to help us through the hard times in life by which way we are brought up. So some of that is true, but you are not a weak person, regardless of how you were raised, regardless of who was there. And a part of the EFT therapy is working on building that strength around you now in lieu of maybe what you didn't have growing up. We work on creating that as an adult. So just to let you know, (laughs) you're not alone. People go through this from every walk of life, healthcare workers, 
medical workers, the people that, you know, are thought to be some of the quote-unquote strongest people in our society, they go through this too. And just like you, they feel defeated and sometimes weak. But you're not weak and they're not weak. And it's really difficult to go through something for such a prolonged period of time without relief, especially if we have no hope. So what can we do in these extremely horrible low periods to get through that bottom of the barrel until we get to the other side? Because there is always an other side. I have never seen a situation with a client or with a friend or with a loved one or in my own life where something horrible and a horrible period of life has not become more positive in some way. I have never seen that. It might take time. It's not immediate. But it always turns around. I've never seen it not turn around. Does it mean something else might happen? Uh, Might not happen? I don't know. But I've never seen a situation where something specific does not turn around. So how can we get through those low points? Something that really helped me at the beginning of this pandemic is writing out all of the times that I could remember in not only my life, but in my loved one's life, where they had an experience that was horrible, bottom of the barrel, never thought they would come out on the other side, but they did. And constantly reading those and reflecting on those and putting reminders up in my room and near my bedside of those experiences to remind me that even though things are really difficult, we can overcome. And that's exactly what I did. I wrote down many situations that I've had that I didn't feel would get better, but they did. Surprise. I also put pictures of my grandparents on my night table because they both went through some of the worst horror in the entire history of the world when they were in World War II. And so I put their pictures at my bedside as a reminder that they went through years and years of complete hell, not knowing if it would ever end, because it didn't seem it was going to end, and it ended, to come out on the other side. You know, were there casualties? Yes. Was it difficult to get through once you came to the other side? Yes. But it happened, and they did it. And so I still have their pictures on my bedside table because... The strength and the story there really helped me through. And I would just constantly remind myself. And it brought me hope every day. I would remember what they had gone through. And if you're wondering, well, why were you so low? What had happened? I'm A, I'm very mindful that other people had much more difficult experiences. But for me, at the time, having a... Six-month-old baby, she was either, she might have been five months old, five or six months old, and a two-year-old, and my partner working full-time, all of a sudden not being able to see anybody, and I mean anybody, we weren't seeing anyone for months, not seeing 
my parents also not thinking I was going to see my parents for a very long time because my mother is very not, you know, not well. And we knew we'd have to see my parents through a window, but also my partner's parents who used to help us a little bit every so often. I did have a very part-time nanny we had to let go. And all of a sudden, I turned into the full-time mother, teacher, cleaner. Again, I'm very aware that many, many mothers in this world, that's what they do. But we didn't have relief. I couldn't take them to the park. The parks were closed. I couldn't take them to see other kids for a little bit to get that social exposure. Everything was on me. And it's not like they could interact at that age and, you know, have that support because they were entirely different life stages. One of them could barely move, let alone talk to the other one. So it was a really difficult time. And that went on for months and months and months and months. And I didn't know if I could get through. There was not one break in the middle of my day, but also there was no break in the middle of the night because my kids were so little that oftentimes they needed me in the middle of the night. The six-month-old was still waking up in the middle of the night. So I didn't get that break, and I had to create that time somehow, and that's an entirely different topic on self-care and creating that time. But I was really low, and I'm just going to put it out there. It was a really, really hard time. I was very lucky. My husband had a job, and I'm not going to say that I was not. I'm very thankful for that. We had a roof over our heads. We had electricity. We had running water. But it was really difficult. And put in a situation where as human beings, we're supposed to be social creatures. And I myself am a very social person. I am an extroverted introvert. So I rely and gather energy from other people. So all of a sudden, I felt like my world was collapsing. It was hard. And it was hard for a lot of people. So what I did was that exercise that I just explained and surrounding myself and reminding myself it gets better. I also bought books, novels, nonfiction novels of people's experiences going through something really hard and coming out the other side. I remember one such novel was a gentleman who was wrongly convicted of a murder and was in prison for some ridiculous decades and decades of his life, knowing that he didn't do anything wrong. But he believed and he was actually released at the end of the day. And really reading about those types of stories and the strength that they had to get through, trying to bring myself positivity, those are all things that helped me. And those are all things that help a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends. So I wanted to share that today because I know as caregivers especially experiencing the day in and day out without relief. I've been there. I know how horrible it is. And I know that it feels like it's never going to get better. I also know that thinking it's going to get better means that there's going to be an end in some way, a passing of a loved one or needing to face the reality of sending our loved one to an institution in some instances. And that doesn't feel any better or any sort of a bright light. But I can guarantee you that somehow, some way, these things do improve. And we as people also gain strength and become different people from it. 
but also gather that knowledge for the rest of life as well. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you gained something from it. And I hope that my experiences and my stories and that exercise example is helpful. And I will see you next week where we have another guest, another amazing guest joining us. So I will see you then. Until then, have a great day. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.